Well, I'm honored to be with you here at Knollwood Baptist Church on this Mother's Day Sunday. Uh, it's a real delight. I wish I could be there in person, but I'm still delighted to be part of your worship service this Sunday. You know, I've gotten to know your pastor, Pastor Nathan, over the last few years, and uh, we've been in some courses together, and I can tell you, he's a fine young preacher, and I'm delighted he's there serving you and that you can be a church where he grows and you grow together, and when we're trusting God for great things for your church in the days, months, weeks, years ahead. Well, this Mother's Day is like a Mother's Day like no other, right? I mean, we never remember a Mother's Day that's been like this one. Here we are, a Mother's Day in the middle of a global pandemic. And that pandemic has certainly impacted the way we can celebrate Mother's Day this year. Can't really go out and buy your mom a present unless you go shopping at the grocery store or the pharmacy, I guess. You can't take mom out for her Mother's Day Sunday meal at her favorite restaurant. In some cases where our mothers or grandmothers are in a long-term care home, we can't even physically be near them. But you know, even though the global pandemic has impacted today's celebration of Mother's Day, we can still celebrate the impact mothers make today and every day. In fact, the Bible is very clear that honoring mothers, celebrating mothers, is something God wants us to do. You'll remember that in the Old Testament, in the, in the Ten Commandments, one of those commandments is to honor your father and mother. And then that commandment was repeated in the New Testament by both Jesus and the Apostle Paul. So honoring mothers is something that's on God's heart. And it's something that's very important for us to do. Because even though mothers make a world of difference, they often don't feel like they're making a world of difference. When a mother's in the middle of trying to maybe nurse infants or chase toddlers or herd preschoolers or suddenly homeschool grade school kids who are now shuttered from going to their own schools, when a mother's working through negotiating life with teenagers, she's often not thinking about making a big difference. She's just hoping to make it through. And that's why it's important on a day like today that we stop and we thank mothers. We honor them. The Bible's word for honor means to express value. So we tell mothers, you're valuable. On Mother's Day, we do that. But we also reflect. We don't just thank mothers. We reflect on what it takes for mothers to really make the difference they long to make in the lives of their children. So today I want to talk to you about the impact of a godly mother, the impact a godly mother can make. And I want to do that by looking at a mother in the Bible who made a huge difference in the life of her child. And her investment in this one child impacted many, many other lives, including all of us. Now, the mother that I'm thinking of is not really very well known in Scripture. She's only mentioned by name one time. But her son, uh, he's much better known. In fact, he's mentioned at least 25 times in Scripture, and he has two books in the New Testament addressed to him. Her son was a man you know of, I know of, by the name of Timothy. And Timothy's mom was a woman by the name of Eunice. This morning, we're going to look at Eunice's life and see what Eunice did to impact Timothy and how God used that investment to impact all of us. 
Today I want to talk to you about the impact of a godly mother. And to do that, we're going to look at several scriptures that give us a, a window, an insight into what Eunice did as she invested as a mom in the life of her son, Timothy. And for starters, I want you to join me in the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And we're going to look at the impact of a godly mother. Now what I say today is going to be targeted specifically at mothers. But you know it has wider impact. Really it has impact for anyone who wants to influence and impact the next generation of young lives. It would speak to all women. Not all women are married. Not all women have children. But all women can have an impact in young lives. It speaks to fathers. It speaks to men. It speaks to those of you who work with children in kids ministry or in youth ministry. If you're a person who wants to impact the next generation in a spiritually significant way, then you can learn something from the life of Eunice. So today, join me in 2 Timothy. We'll start in 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to talk to you about the influence and the impact of a godly mother. But before we do, let me pray for us. Father, as we celebrate Mother's Day this year, a lot has changed. And there are some things we wish we could do that we can't do. But one thing that we can do is look to you. One thing we can do is open your word. One thing we can do is hear from it what you would say to us on this day and on every day. So I'm asking today that as we look at the life of a choice lady who's recorded Part of her story is recorded in your word. I pray that through her, through her example and through your teaching, through the scriptures, we might have hope and encouragement. I pray for moms today that today would be a day when you strengthen them for the noble, important calling which you've given them. And that you would give all of us a vision for impacting the next generation in spiritually significant ways. So I pray for your help as I open up your word. I pray for your help as we hear it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me read for you. I'm, I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I'll read the first five verses. It says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. In those verses, we find the first way that a mother can impact the life of her children and other lives. I put it this way. A mother can impact lives through modeling a sincere faith. First thing that we're going to see comes out clearly in verse 5 is that a mother can influence lives, can impact lives by modeling a sincere faith. Did you notice when I got to verse 5, Paul really highlights this idea of having sincere faith. Look at it again, verse 5. I'm reminded of your sincere faith. He's writing to Timothy, and he says, Timothy, I know you have sincere faith. You've come to possess a sincere faith. But Timothy, it didn't start with you. I saw that sincere faith in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I'm sure it's in you too. 
So in other words, he says, Timothy, you were blessed by having a mother and a grandmother who had sincere faith. Uh, the Greek word that's translated sincere is a word that may sound familiar to you. The word is on upokritos, on upokritos. The first part on means not. And the last part, upokritos, is the Greek word that gives us our English word hypocrite. Upokritos, hypocrite. In other words, you put it all together and it sincere means not hypocrite, not, hip, not hypocritical. So a sincere faith is a faith that is not hypocritical. It's genuine. It's real. It's fascinating that uh, the Greek word for hypocrite literally and originally was applied to those who were actors on stage. It wasn't necessarily a negative turn. It just meant somebody who, uh, who played a part, who wore a mask, who pretended to be someone else. And then in time, it began to be applied to anyone who pretends, who plays a part, who wears a mask, who's not necessarily genuine. So Paul is saying about Timothy and about Timothy's mother and grandmother that they had a faith that was sincere, that it was genuine. It wasn't just playing a part. It wasn't wearing a mask. It was real. Timothy was blessed by having a mother with a sincere faith. You know, um, as I celebrate this Mother's Day, every Mother's Day, I stop and I thank the Lord that I had that kind of a mother. I had a mother who, all of her life, up to this day, evidences a sincere, genuine faith in the Lord Jesus. I'm also extremely thankful that my own kids were raised by a mother, my wife Linda, who has a sincere faith. The kids would all tell you that mom had a genuine faith. Mom had a real faith. They saw that from the earliest days. And mothers, what I would say to you is if you want to impact your children, one of the things you need is what Eunice had. You, you need a sincere, genuine faith. It doesn't have to be a perfect faith. It just can't be pretend. It doesn't have to be a sinless faith. There is no sinless faith. We all mess up. But it has to be sincere faith. One of my profs at seminary, Dr. Howard Hendricks, used to say this, you cannot impart what you do not possess. And if we hope to impart a sincere faith to our children, guess where it has to start? It has to start with us, a sincere faith. So moms, that's why I would say to you on this Mother's Day, one of the best gifts you can give your children is a picture of a sincere faith that you would make it a priority to keep your own faith fresh and growing and alive and vibrant. Now, at this point, some moms will hear this and just kind of feel a bit weighted down. It's like, well, you know what? I already feel stretched thin. I mean, right now in the midst of what's going on, I do well to get dressed, get food on the table, try to get my kids to do some kind of studying, you know, to actually take time to grow my own faith at this season. I don't know if that's going to happen. And I can understand right now it's, ex it's exponentially harder to find time to really cultivate a sincere faith. But moms, let me, let me challenge you in this way. Let me ask you a question. If you don't take care of yourself physically, will that impact your family in a negative way? And you would say, well, yeah, I guess it would. Like if you don't eat well, if you don't get some sleep, if you don't take care of yourself physically, eventually you're going to give out physically and then you're of no good to those who you're trying to love. 
Well, let me ask you now that same question with a spin on it. If you don't take care of yourself spiritually, do you think that's going to have a negative impact on your family? Well, yeah, if you're spiritually malnourished, if you don't have anything going in, then you don't have much to give out. So mothers who want to impact their children do their children a favor by taking care of their own spiritual growth, their own spiritual faith, their own spiritual life. You know, back when we used to fly on airplanes, do you remember that? There was a time, I don't know, it's not happening so much now, but back when we used to, you, if you've done that and I've done that, you know that you sit through the flight attendant speech and you kind of, kind of glaze, glaze over and you think of other things. But there's always a part of that speech that captures me. It's the part where they talk about if they suddenly lose cabin pressure, there's this yellow mass that's going to somehow magically appear in front of you, right? And you're supposed to kind of pull the little strap and put it on and start breathing naturally and normally instead of hyperventilating because you've lost cabin pressure, right? So you're supposed to put it on. But then they say something that's counterintuitive. They say, if you have young children, like you know the drill, right? If you have young children, put your own mask on first and then help your kids. Now, I'm thinking that that goes against the natural instincts of almost every mother out there. They're immediately going to say, I got to take care of my kids. So why do they say, put your own mask on first? It's because they know if you pass out, you're not going to be able to help your kids at all. Spiritually speaking, it's only as you breathe deeply that you take time to pray and talk to God, that you take time to open up his word and feed your soul. It's only as you continue to do that, that the spiritual oxygen, the life-giving work of God's spirit flows in you and then can flow through you. Moms, I know life is frazzling at times, but I'm saying one of the best gifts you can give your children is the same gift that Eunice gave to Timothy. She gave him the example of a sincere faith. See, a mother can impact lives, first of all, by modeling a sincere faith. Let me give you a second thing that Eunice did that moms today can still do. To see this one, you're going to have to turn the page over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let me read for you verses 14, 15, and 16. 2 Timothy 3, pick it up in verse 14. Paul, again, writing to Timothy, says, But as for you... Continue in what you have learned and have, and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. In these verses, especially in there in verse 14 and 15, I find a second thing that Eunice did that moms today can still do. You see, a mother can impact lives not only by modeling a sincere faith, but here we see a mother can impact lives by communicating the Scripture. A mother can impact lives by communicating, by speaking, by telling, by reading the scriptures, the word of God. A mother can impact lives by communicating the scriptures. That's what Eunice did. Paul, Paul gives her a shout out there at the end of verse 14. He says, 
Timothy, hang on to what you've believed and you become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. Well, who did she learn it from? Who did Timothy learn it from? Verse 15, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. From childhood. Well, who taught Timothy when he was a child? Would have been, in part, it would have been Eunice and Lois. It would have been his mother, his grandmother. They taught him the sacred writings. Did you notice there it calls the scriptures the sacred writings? Verse 15, you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. The Greek word for sacred just means holy. In fact, uh, in your Bible, sometimes on the cover, but certainly in the flyleaf, if you open it up, you'll read the words, Holy Bible. What it's saying is that this book is holy. It's set apart. It's different than every other book because it's God's book. As it said in verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed. It comes from God, and therefore it's useful for teaching, for reproof, for correcting, for training in righteousness. God's book is the book that trains us, and Eunice taught Timothy God's book from the time he was a child. And Paul said that when you learned it, look at verse 15 again, you've learned the sacred writings, look what comes next, which are able to make you wise for salvation. You see, Eunice taught Timothy God's book, the sacred writings, because she knew that in this book he would learn about salvation. He would gain wisdom on how to be saved by God and learn, as it says at the end of verse 15, that this salvation comes through faith in Christ Jesus. See, Eunice opened the scriptures with her little boy and taught him from his earliest ages. Some translations say from infancy. Taught him from his earliest days that here was words from God that will point you to salvation that comes through faith in the Lord Jesus. What a gift. See, mothers make an impact on lives by communicating the scriptures. Eunice did that. You know, I, I have to say at this point, one of the great gifts my mother gave me was this same gift. I don't remember this, but I've been told and I've heard the stories that when I was just a baby, like infant, in her arms, my dad would go off to work and she would sit down in a chair and hold me on her lap and she would open up the scriptures and she would feed her own soul. She would read. And from the earliest days, it was imprinted in ways that I couldn't even cognitively understand then, that this book was special. This book was different than every other book. In fact, when I was quite little, she began to teach me the different books of the Bible. So I learned to know some of the names of the books of the Bible. And then when we would have dinner as a family, we'd gather around the table. And after dinner, my dad and my mom would open up the scriptures. And, you know, we were kids squirming, ready to go out and do other things. They'd say, you know, kids, before we go, we want to read a passage in the Bible. They'd read the scriptures. They'd ask us some questions about it. What were they doing they were trying to say, from childhood, I want to teach you the scriptures. And moms, I want to say to you, one of the great gifts you can give your children is to give them the gift of knowing the scriptures. So read it to them from their youngest age. Get a Bible that's a children's Bible that has pictures in it that lets them see the stories of Jesus. Read them to them. You see, you can get a lot of books for your kids. There's a lot of wonderful, colorful, interesting books. But there's no book like this book. And so you want to make sure that from their earliest age, you get them imprinted with God's book. You let them know that this book is the holy book. This book is from God. It shows you the way of salvation. 
And then as your children grow, grow up a little bit, teach them to memorize it. Help them learn verses, perhaps in Sunday school or a club program, where they begin to hide the word of God in their heart. Work with them on that. And then as they still grow up, when they become teenagers, help them read through the book of Proverbs that talks to them about things like choosing friends wisely or handling anger or sexual temptation. Throughout the life, as long as you have them, teach them God's book. Communicate to them the scriptures. You see, a mother can make a huge impact by modeling a sincere faith and by communicating the scriptures. Now again, as I'm saying this, some of you could be feeling like, well, I just don't do that very well. I, I, must, I must confess, I just get scattered, I get busy, I am working hard just to kind of get through. And this almost feels overwhelming. I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I can do this by myself. It's too big a calling. It's too big a task. I feel so inadequate. And if you feel that, if you think that, then let me show you a third thing that will encourage you. A third thing that we learn from Eunice's life that moms today can all benefit from. I would put it this way. We've already seen that a mom can impact lives by modeling a sincere faith, communicating the scriptures. Now the third thing we're going to see is this. A mother can impact lives by leveraging godly help. By leveraging godly help. By, lever by making the most of godly help. There are other resources, and a wise mother will say, I don't have to do this all by myself. There is help that God's provided, and a mother can impact lives by leveraging godly help. You see, when you read Eunice's life, there's just a little bit in Scripture about it, but when you put the pieces together, the best we can tell, she may have been a spiritually single mom. Oh, she, she was married. Timothy had a dad. We know from the book of Acts that his dad was a Greek his mother was Jewish, but we're never told that his father had sincere faith. Back when I read first, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Paul says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith that was first in your grandma and your mother. He doesn't say, and your father. So it could have been that Timothy grew up in a house where mom knew and loved Jesus, but dad didn't. But Eunice understood that she still didn't have to go it alone. And she made use of, she leveraged other resources that God had provided. Uh, let me show you four different resources that she made use of. And moms, these things are available to you. These things are still available today. Here are four resources that were a part of Eunice's raising of Timothy that we should consider as well. Here's the first thing. What did Eunice look to? What was the godly help that she leveraged? First one, godly family members. Godly family members. As I said... As best we can tell, Eunice didn't have a husband who necessarily shared her commitment to Christ. We don't know for sure, but doesn't seem to be that way. But she did have a mother, a mother who had sincere faith, her mother Lois. And from infancy, somehow, Lois, as well as Eunice, invested in Timothy. And what I would say to those of you who are mothers today, who are the people in your family circle that can help you instill God's word, God's truth in the lives of your kids. Ideally, that would be your husband. If you're married and have a Christian husband, this should be a partnership. You work together at this. In fact, dads, let me just say a word to you. If you're a Christian dad, the Bible specifically calls us as fathers to take the lead in this area. Read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, fathers, 
Bring up your children in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So dad, you can't just subcontract this out to your wife. This is a partnership. So if you're married and your husband and wife share that same passion, work at this together. But if you're a single mom or if you're a mom whose husband is not there yet, then who are the other family members in the wider circle of your family? Do you have a grandmother, a mother? Who are the people that you can look to? You know, I'm, I'm so thankful that our kids, our three kids, Linda and I have three kids, that they grew up with godly grandmas and grandpas on both sides. You know, so from the earliest ages, both sets of our parents were building into their grandkids. And grandparents, if I'm talking to you, you play a huge role. You can help parents raise those children to know and love the Lord. Right now, both of our fathers, Linda and my fathers, are in heaven. But our mothers are still with us. And the mothers, my kids' grandmothers, are still making an impact in their lives. I love talking to my mom and her, hearing her say, Oh, I, I was just talking with one of your kids. And she's praying for them. She's speaking to them. She's loving them. Same thing for Linda's mom. So if you're a mom and you have parents who share that faith in Christ, then leverage that. Get them involved. Encourage their connection with your kids. It may be uncles or aunts or other family members, siblings. But leverage godly family members. That's the first one Eunice did. Here's the second one. Godly Christians at church. Leverage the influence of godly Christians from your church. If we uh, keep your place here in 2 Timothy, but turn with me to the book of Acts. Back a few books in the New Testament to the book of Acts. And I'm going to be in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Let me show you how Eunice got help from the godly Christians at their church. I'm reading from Acts chapter 16, verse 1. Paul came also to Derbe and Lystra. A disciple there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He, that's Timothy, was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. So here's the story. Paul is on a missionary journey. He comes to a local church there in Lystra and Derby, And he meets this young guy named Timothy. And verse 2 tells us that the people in the church are all saying, Hey, you know that Timothy? He is one sharp young guy. They spoke well of him. Now think about that. This means that Timothy's mom somehow got him to church. Somehow she connected him to a local church where he became a part of it, where he grew up. He must have been serving as well because people said that Timothy, he's a keeper. Like, like Timothy, he's a top draft pick. He's somebody you should watch out for. So Eunice leveraged the help of a local congregation of believers. And when I would say to you, moms, I want to just give you an encouragement. Thank you for being a part of this local church. Because when you involve your children in a local church, then it's like you're, you're including the circle of spiritual family that can impact them. I grew up in a local church. And I remember thinking that the adults in our church were like so many uncles and aunts in my life. They took an interest in me. They spoke into me. Some were my Sunday school teachers. Some taught me in a club program, in youth group. And they augmented and, and they, they strengthened the things I was hearing at home. So moms, what I would say is make sure you make it a high priority to involve and embed your children in the life of the local church. 
Be around other Christians who love the Lord Jesus. Let them have spiritual grandparents in the fellowship of the faith. Eunice did that. She leveraged godly, fam godly family members, godly Christians at church. Let me give you a third one. It comes out of Acts chapter 16, verse 3. I put it this way. She leveraged godly Christian leaders. Not just godly Christians at church, but she went after even freeing up her son to be around godly Christian leaders. Look at verse 3 of Acts 16. So Paul comes through, he meets up with Timothy, and it says in verse 3, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was Greek, and they went on their way through the cities. So here's what happens. Paul comes, he's on a missionary journey, he meets Timothy, and he says, Timothy, I want to invite you to travel with me to go tell other people the good news of Jesus. Now, at this point, Eunice had probably some conflicted desires. Moms, wouldn't you think? It's like, here's your son, maybe her only son. It's the only one that's mentioned. And now he's going to leave. He's going to leave town. He's going to leave you. And he's going to go off with a missionary to some places. And it could be dangerous. It could be difficult. But somehow Eunice didn't stand in the way and Timothy went. And it changed his life. In fact, Eunice lost something. She lost the proximity with her son, at least for a time, but she gained something. Timothy now had a spiritual father that he maybe never had before. In fact, I don't know if you remember, but what I read in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul addresses Timothy and he calls him, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2, he calls him my beloved child. Paul saw Timothy as his spiritual son. And Paul impacted Timothy's life. They lived close together. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 says this. Paul writes to Timothy, You have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, and my suffering. He's saying, Timothy, you know my life. You've been up close with me. You've seen what I taught. You see all how I live. You see, Paul was pouring into Timothy's life. And some of that happened because Eunice blessed it and let it happen. Moms, what I would say to you is this. One of the great gifts you can give your children is to encourage them to be mentored by godly Christian leaders, by others who take an influence in their life, by others who speak into their life. You know, I, I think this is especially critical as your kids start to move into adulthood, as they're young adults, as they're moving out of high school and moving into young adulthood. I don't know if you remember, there was a massive study done by the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, Canada called Hemorrhaging Faith. And it talked about how they studied local churches and found that a disproportionately, a tragic percentage of students that went through high school group in their, in their church when they got into their college, university age years, many of them walked away from the church and walked away, it seems, at least for a time, they've walked away from their faith. But the EFC did a follow-up study called Renegotiating Faith. And what they found was this. When those students are transitioning from high school years into young adulthood, if they have a mentor, in fact, if they're involved in higher Christian education, they do way better in terms of retaining their faith. 
you know that I serve at Heritage College and Seminary, and I get to see this lived out year after year. We see students come in, and they benefit from the community of other Christian young people who love the Lord, but they benefit from rubbing shoulders with godly Christian leaders, their professors, their student service leaders. And what we see is many of them, they grow in their faith and they move strong. And when we graduate them, they're ready to step into the next phase of their life. And those who are even there only for a year, that year becomes hugely impactful. So that's one of the reasons I'm so encouraged and, that, and I'm willing to encourage you. Consider Christian education for your kids as they move out of your home and they move into adulthood. That one year, those several years could make a huge difference as they are mentored by godly Christian leaders. So what have we seen so far? She leveraged godly help through godly family members, godly Christians at church, godly Christian leaders. Let me give you the final and the fourth one. The fourth thing that Eunice relied on and leaned on and made use of was this. I put it this way. God's grace. God's grace. Really God himself and his grace. Yes, it was important to have godly family members. Yes, it was important to have godly Christians at church and godly leaders. But most important of all, what helped her the most was God himself through his grace. It's interesting when Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy, he starts the book and he finishes the book by talking about God's grace. In chapter 1, verse 2, he says, To Timothy, my beloved child, grace and mercy and peace from God the Father. Timothy, grace be to you. And when he finishes the book, I'm in chapter 4, verse 22, he says, The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Grace is God's favor. It's his goodness. It's his help. And if our children are going to ever grow up and carry on in the faith and be strong and stalwart for Christ, it will not just be because you did a great job as a mom or your husband did a great job as a dad or your church did a great job. All those things are important. But what's most important is God's grace. It's God's grace that takes a child, that finds a child, that keeps a child, that grows a child. It's God's grace, which gives us help because God's grace is available to all of us. Moms, that's why I would say to you, you want to make an impact in the life of your children? Keep pouring out your heart in prayer and asking that God's grace would be upon them, that he would go after them. Oh, yes, he'll use you. He'll use others. But ask him to do a work that none of you or all of you together can do. God's grace is what changes a life. So on this Mother's Day, I want to say to all of you who are mums, whether your kids are little or whether they're grown and gone, I want to say to you, thank you. Thank you for investing so much of your life in the lives of others. Thank you for leaving a legacy that will outlive you. Thank you for investing in those who will now go and invest in others. You have made and are making a huge difference. And I want to say thank you. We honor you. The Lord honors your efforts. But I want to remind you that all of this stems by you having, first of all, a sincere faith yourself. See, that was the first thing I talked about today. Like, If you want to have an impact in the lives of others, it has to start with you. If, if Eunice is going to impact Timothy, she has to have a sincere faith. And she did. So moms, can I close by asking you a question? Do you have a sincere faith? Because that's going to be the basis for everything else, that you have a sincere faith. And that sincere faith comes to all who receive God's grace. 
You see, God has grace not just for your kids, but for you. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And what I would say to you, the greatest gift that God wants to give you that you can then help pass on to your kids is the gift of eternal life that comes by his grace through your sincere faith. At some point in Eunice's life, we don't know exactly when, she came to receive God's grace through faith. At some point in her life, she, she heard about Jesus, how he had come, how he had lived, how he had died for our sins, how he had made the way to come to God, to come close to God, and she believed it. By grace, through faith, she received it, and it changed her life, and then God used her to impact the lives of her children. So moms, can I say to you, do you have that sincere faith? And if not, did you know that that can start today? That you can very quietly and humbly and sincerely just say to God, Lord Jesus, I do want to believe in you. I do trust in you. I need that for my own life. I need spiritual life, forgiveness and life, and I ask for it. Do that today, and then you'll be able to say, and now, Lord, help me to be used by you to pass on that faith to others. See, mothers make a world of difference, and it starts when God makes a world of difference in the life of a mother. So on this Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, I, I do want to pray your blessing on each and every mother who hears this message. Sometimes they don't feel like they're making much of a difference. Sometimes they may look and even see grown children who don't seem to be walking closely with you and feel somewhat of like a failure. But I'm asking that today you will help them to know that you're in their investment that was given to those children was something that pleased you, that will be used by you, and that your grace still follows each and every one of those children. I pray that today each of us, whether we're a mother or anyone else, would have a desire to have that sincere faith that comes by grace through faith in Christ, so that then you could use all of us to impact other lives in ways that will last forever. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.